0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At gotodobs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobs.com now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues
1: insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you, and it is our pleasure to welcome to the program as he does every Monday. Jeremy Rutherford joins us. Morning, JR.
0: Morning, Tim. How you doing?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you, sir?
0: Good. Doing well. Doing well. Just, uh... Getting ready to walk in the rink, blues practicing before they head out to uh, the sunny weather in uh, Tampa Bay and then go play the Florida panthers uh, unlike this windy stuff yeah <laughs>
1: the, uh, the hawk is up in st louis jackson it's out of the north northwest uh, in case you're planning <laughs> on your uh golf outing today at uh at log cabin jr i want to go back to uh the, the the festivities that took place thursday afternoon and then leading to your column with your own self-reflection uh on that which i thought was uh it was cer- certainly very rare in 2023 media. So I want to make sure I have a proper understanding of, of the, yep. your interaction with Jordan Cairo. In your column, which people can read on The Athletic, uh, you explained that you asked him two questions, uh, which were, what were your thoughts on the coaching change? Does it seem like a fresh start? And then came the third question, there's so much out there about the relationship between you and Berube. Is there anything you would want to say about that? And then the response was, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. My question is, what were his responses to those first two questions before the famous quote?
0: Yeah, no, great, great. Thanks for letting me provide the context. You know, when I asked him about what did you think about the Craig Bruby move, the coaching change, you know, he basically said, uh, I don't know, nothing really. And so you're kind of off to a start where he's a little bit on the defensive, and you can tell that he's not going to give you the, the the quote that a lot of the Blues players gave us about Bruby being a great guy, great coach, so on and so forth. So I talked to him about uh, Drew Bannister. What do you know about him? Yeah, I know you've played for him. What do you think? And he said good things, you know, about uh, Drew Bannister, his memories of him when he played for him with San Antonio. And then I said, you know what, I've got an opportunity here. I've had so many people in St. Louis ask about this relationship with Craig Bruby. I'm going to ask him. So Tim, I said, Hey Jordan, you know, sometimes I got to ask tough questions. This is one of those times. A lot of people wonder about your relationship with Craig Bruby. Is there anything you would want to say about that? That's when he said no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Kind of to give this a little bit of scene setting to him is, you're in the locker room. He just came off the ice. He's taken his skates off. Trainers waiting for the skates. Jordan's going to go clean up, shower up, head home for a couple of hours and come back. And I think that a lot of times in those situations maybe the player wants to get out of there, you know, quickly. You know, is that the reason why he gave the quick response? You know, I don't know. Some people have said, "Well, why didn't you follow up with him?" You know, sometimes with these players, you keep asking the same question you know, you're going to get into a tough situation with them and we have to deal with them every day. So I didn't want to keep pushing his buttons. And so to wrap this up, we kind of moved on to some other subjects and you know, it was a couple hours before I tweeted that quote. It wasn't like I was rushing to social media because I had some gold mine. Uh, but the reaction, I knew there was going to be one. I had no clue. It was going to be to the level that it was.
1: When you saw the response from the fans, Uh, both in your Twitter mentions, a tweet that, uh, as Jackson uh, shared with the audience earlier on here on Balloon Party, it's been viewed two and a half million times, and then later on in the evening, as the Blues take on the Ottawa Senators, uh, the boos during the introduction, and each time he touched the puck, what were your reactions?
0: Yeah, so when I tweeted it, I actually closed up my laptop after a minute or two and there were a few you know reactions obviously at that point but it was more of the oh boy variety it was this is this is interesting and you know it was a while before I kind of checked back on social media and then it was it was everywhere and you know then I started to see some of the things like well people are going to boo him tonight and they should and as a reporter you try to remain objective you don't want to be in the middle of the story I didn't want to be in the middle of that story. And I just thought to myself, oh my goodness, like, like, please, you know, you're never asking the fans not to boo because that's their prerogative. But in my mind, I was like, please don't turn into this type of situation. So when Jordan Cairo touches the puck and they start booing, honestly, you know, honesty and media, my stomach just drops. It just drops. It's like, I can't believe this is what's going to happen. Uh, it did. I, you know, I felt bad that night. Uh, I think when you're interviewing Jordan post game, then he breaks down a little bit. You know, it's a tough scene to be a part of. Uh, and then even the next day, I'm thinking, I just hope this dies quickly. And uh, perhaps, you know, something will happen the next game and they'll cheer him. I think that his interview did a lot to push the story in that direction. And the fans responded accordingly. So the one thing I want to make clear here is nothing was taken out of context. He said what he said. But big picture you know, I think as I wrote my story, you know, you can all kind of learn from this uh, and myself included, you know, to make sure with social media that you have this stuff just properly that. And it, it's tough, as I mentioned, to describe the tone. Like if any of us were putting something on Twitter, you know, what was the tone? Was he flippant? You know, was he malicious with his intent? You know, how did he say it? Unless you have the audio, it's tough and and so I think you know I just need to be a little bit more vigilant on when you put something on Twitter that somebody said that you know is going to get a reaction. How did he say it? Sometimes it's difficult. I wish I would have provided a little more description in this situation, but it was not taken out of context
1: and you finished your column. Uh, giving all of this context on The Athletic with however long that takes, and you're referencing Chris Pronger talking about getting booed in St. Louis back when he was acquired for Brendan Shanahan. hopefully, uh, however long that takes, hopefully this can be a lesson for both a player in a high-profile position and a reporter who has an important responsibility. I know it will be for me. So if you are feeling like you had some culpability in what wound up taking place, what is it that I mean, you have the information, you have the quote. As you've said, the quote was accurate. It wasn't a misrepresented quote. What would you have done differently? Because again, it's not the spoken word, it's the written one. So what would you have done differently with the tweet?
0: Yeah, so probably set the tweet up by saying, okay, I had a chance to talk to Jordan Cairo, asked him a couple of questions. Here's what he said about the coaching change, which I did have a quote on that. Uh, I did ask him about the relationship. Everybody knows that there was a situation, you know, between Bruby and Kairu always didn't get along. Uh, I asked him the question and here's what he said. And just try to provide the best description of how he said it, I think is the only thing that you could kind of do differently. And then maybe even a follow-up tweet. And that's the one thing that I thought about, like, Hey, and I realize this quote's going to get run with, uh, but you know, Jordan Cairo's being honest in this situation. If he had time to elaborate and say more or he wanted to say more, maybe he would. You know, did he change his tone because of the backlash? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, and I think, Tim, the, the other thing is, you know, like I said, I can learn from this. Perhaps he can learn from this too. It's like he is a high-profile player, as I mentioned, in St. Louis, in the NHL. And I think that while all players aren't necessarily – you know, camera, microphone savvy or realize the importance of their words. You know, I think this could be a situation where Jordan could learn from this, too. Now, that's up to him. Obviously, he gave the interview the next day. You know, it's not for me to say that he should learn from it. But I do think that this is a situation that, uh, you know, he can understand how important his words are.
1: Uh, Have you and Jordan talked one on one since uh, all of this has transpired?
0: Yes, uh, after the game, uh, the last game, uh, I saw him at his locker by himself post-game, getting ready to interview with the media, and I walked over to him. And, and Tim, I just kind of, for 45 seconds, you know, didn't apologize, but said, Jordan, look, you know, this is unfortunate, you know, that uh, you had to go through this and and that, uh, you know, it happened the way it happened. And I said that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we can – learn from this. And I said that, uh, you know, for anything that that happened, like, it's just tough. Like, again, I did my job. I quoted him. I didn't feel necessarily a need to apologize. And, you know, he shook my hand and he said he gets it and we moved on. So, uh, you know, I I did want to talk to him and tell him how I felt and give him an opportunity for him to tell me how he felt. And he didn't say too much, but, you know, you move on. So, yeah, tough situation all around. And You know, I'm glad that the story flipped uh, last game and that uh, people were able to cheer him. It was great to see the signs, people supporting Jordan Cairo. And then for him to have a handle on the game like he did, such a huge imprint, uh, I think was just pretty poetic.
1: Jeremy Rutherford, our guest here on Balloon Party. You are listening to 101 ESPN and you uh, can watch on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. The camera is sponsored by the Air Alliance team. I wonder if, and of course we only have one or, depending on your perspective, two games of a sample size to to extrapolate any form of data from JR, but if on the Jordan-Kairo career timeline... What has taken place in particular over the last five days, and in particular, those intense 48, 72 hours could be what he needed, as weird as it might be, considering him talking on Thursday about being the toughest game he's ever played, in order to start to realize the potential the Blues see in him, in particular, that speed, which you can't teach, uh, to become the player that they hope he can be at the NHL level. Um Do you think that that is possible?
0: I think it is, and I think that I've written even the past months and last year, even when he doesn't play well or doesn't have the numbers, I've said, look, I still think he has the chance to be the biggest superstar on the team. So I've been in his corner in terms of kind of my description of of the player that he is. Um, a lot of people have approached me the past couple days saying maybe this is what he needed to kind of realize uh, who he is and, and what he is and what kind of impact he can have on the organization with his skill. I don't want to be the person to say that. I don't want to be, you know, as somebody who is kind of in the middle of this to be a person that says, you know, maybe he can grow from this and, and become a great player from this point on. You know, if he does, great. I'm just passing along what a lot of people have said to me in the past couple of days. I think that the coaching change, I think that Drew Bannister's approach with him, I think that uh, Jordan kind of understanding that when he does the play play the way that he did this past game, that he can reach that level. It feels like there's been some sort of reset to me. And I think when you have it going so well for you, you know, second-round draft pick, big contract, um, and that sort of, I don't want to say gets taken away from you, but when you – hear the fans booing that's an eye opener and I think he wants to be a guy as we all do who's loved and appreciated and what we heard from the fans the last game I think is something where he probably told himself that you know this is who I want to be this is the player I want to be and if it results in him giving a great effort every night uh, something that the fans have been critical of you know then so be it you know did it have to happen you know I hope not but perhaps this is a moment that does, on his career arc, help him. And Jr. they are 2-0 and oh. since the
1: coaching change. I don't think anybody would sit there and go, oh, well, Craig Berube was the problem, and now that Drew Bannister's in, now this team is going to start challenging for the Stanley Cup. We have 30 seconds left. What, if anything, you can isolate that you've seen in the game so far against the Senators and the Stars that stand out to you uh, in, in any form being different and leading to the success here in the early going?
0: Yeah, Tim, you got to put the disclaimer on there that uh, all teams get a jolt when you make the coaching change. Yes. I know you're Spoilers wild. We've seen it so far this year. It just happens. So, yeah, obviously, we've got to give it a little bit more of a, of a sample size. But I think they're playing together. I wrote this today. I wrote five things that we've learned about Drew Bannister. I think they're playing together. They're playing with pace, and they're getting the good starts. Like, they're just doing a, a lot of good things here early on. Now, are they sustainable? We'll see through 10 or 15 games, but so far it looks pretty good.
1: There he is, Jeremy Rutherford. He is with us throughout the week here on 101 ESPN every Wednesday on TMA, giving us his thoughts on all that has transpired over the last four or five days. Days with Jordan Cairo. Jr. appreciate the transparency. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, thank you so much for the time, as always, man. Yeah, thanks for the chance. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. There he is at Rutherford with us. It's time for us to go. BK and Ferrario, they will have Craig Berube coming up at 1.15 here on 101 ESPN. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel.